0: hey welcome back to going in circles live um it's funny that that you know you can get books now and it's hard to get an actual paper book who end up getting kindle in these these electronic books and um i mean you know it's reading is reading but it's it's not uh it's not quite the same but um yeah i hope everyone does uh Go out and get that book, Battle Harbor Blues, and I'm sure you can find it. Uh, just Google it. Uh, with us now is my friend and trainer and uh, restaurateur, Mr. Carlo Vecareza. Carlo, how are you doing, Carlo?
1: Okay, Chuck. Thank you for having me.
0: How's the weather in central Kentucky today?
1: Actually, it been gorgeous. Today was some beautiful like seventy-seven degrees, and uh, it's absolutely a gorgeous day.
0: Yeah, well, we're, we we had a little bit of a, a baby hurricane here yesterday, but it's, it's, it's uh, you know South Florida in the summer weather, ninety and humid. But uh,
1: well, actually, to be honest here. This morning was kind of, kind of, it should, a, it a kind of. Very humid, 77 degrees. I mean, it's very unusual for this morning at Keeneland that uh, the humidity was, was pretty pretty high. But, you know, it's a beautiful weather. The horses, I love it. And, unfortunately, we have to live here in another one, a 25, 26 days. We have to get out of Kingland by uh, July 31st. So. But it is what it is.
0: Yeah, it's, everything's in a little bit of flux in Kentucky with Churchill closing their backside down uh, to put in a new turf course, and uh, everyone has to leave, right?
1: Well, unfortunately, not even that, Chuck. I mean, the, the Total Bread Training Center, they knocked down uh, those uh, concrete barns that mm-hmm. uh, they was holding approximately between four and 500 horses. So you had that overflow plus... Uh, church like Churchill closing for until i believe september 1st and everybody's looking for stalls you know everybody's going to turfway park everybody's going to ellis park and those two facilities are completely 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 full
0: yeah that's the you know when it, when everything's said and done and all the new barns at the training center are built and churchill gets their their turf back in order. It's going to be great. It's just going to be a little bit uncomfortable the rest of the summer. And uh, you know, people forget about Keeneland and that you know they have those two huge sales in the fall: the September yearling sale and the November breeding stock sale. And you know, pretty much, basically, everyone has to, you know, on the racing side, has to get out. So,
1: well, I mean, was 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 a rumor going around that the Keeneland uh, now that they are. The, the ponets with the red mile and those historical machines that uh, they're going to they're going to put a, 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 a very good amount of money and at the training center that actually I saw yesterday doing a great job and probably in in a year or two they're going to build I believe uh, five five new barns at uh, at Rice Road and that that uh, actually will solve a lot of problems because as you well know that. I mean, the direction of racing is, is 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 Kentucky now, and everybody wants to be in Kentucky. And you know, like before, that when the weather gets a little cooler, people that they just went south. I believe now is going to be opposite. I mean, uh, the purses they're going to be at Turfway, and the purses they're going to be at Ellis Park, and forget about Kentucky Downs. They absolutely they crazy and. Uh, People they're going to stay here probably year round now.
0: Well, there's one thing that people see, and, and obviously the purses are great there in Kentucky now, and, and they're going up. Uh, but it's it's also the cost of living and the expenses, um, you know, are so much, uh, re, you know, they're, they're reduced compared to uh, being in New York or being in Kentucky or, or excuse me, Florida or being in California, where um, you know the it's, it's just a, it just costs you less to live.
1: Oh without a doubt. I mean it's, it's I mean I just got back to you know, I sent like twenty eight horses to California. I was in San Anita and uh, I'll be honest with you, um you know, I've been all over the place but uh it was shocking to me. I mean uh, not not many things that shocked me, but I'll be honest, I was I was shocked. I mean uh from the work and scum to the cost of living to the housing and and, and a couple blocks away from San Anita was was ridiculous, yeah. and then I was thinking to go to Del Mar, and I called up a realtor and and I was looking for houses and near Del Mar, and there was anything between thirteen thousand and forty thousand for a for a rental for the need.
0: <laughs> you got to win the Pacific Classic to break even. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's the expenses. Is the people like, um, you know, down in Florida? All right, you want a bale of a big bale of alfalfa? It's forty bucks. In Kentucky, it's what fifteen, eighteen. I mean, it's it's just crazy. The price is different.
1: Yeah, it's much easier. You know, even that. You know, from you, you, know, uh, you know, you know, you used to feed the same thing. Raised thirteen. I mean, just uh, here, it just kind of. Uh, you know, probably a at third less, you
0: know. And, I, and not and only did I feed Hallways Race thirteen, I used to drive to the um the, the factory to get it. <laughs> I mean, we got it hot off the presses. We we would just put it in the truck and, and, and bring it back to the track. But um right. I loved the Kentucky. No, just- you know, one of the reasons I left Kentucky was people forget ten years ago purses were going down and and there was trouble you know things weren't looking up at all and it just goes to show you how things can be cyclical and um you know at, at one point everything was like you know kentucky was was starting to struggle and the purse the purse levels just weren't that great um and all of a sudden you know they they got the um the uh you know, let's call them what they are, the the slot machines. You can call them historical, historical but they're slot machines, essentially. And it just completely reversed fortune. And, you know, I I opened up the show today talking about the news that Oaklawn Park has decided to move the Arkansas Derby back a couple weeks. So it's five weeks out from the Derby, but they're also adding more money to the purse. So now the Arkansas Derby is $1.25 million. And, uh, I mean, that is all related to the the slot money where they've used it for racing, not against racing. And that's the difference between, you know, what's happened in Kentucky and what's happened in Oaklawn, uh, versus some of the other places where, you know, they've taken the slot money and they've still did minimal for racing. Um, you know, some of the Northeast track, like, you know, parks and, and, and those places where racing is considered just like a, uh, you know, an afterthought. But, um, you know, Kentucky is, is definitely a, a place where, people want to be, and, and you see, you know, you relocated there, to, you see guys from California sending strings, you see guys from New York uh, either splitting their horses, sending strings, or, or you know, relocating, and, uh, I mean, it's it's tough to, it's tough to, to it's tough not to, to consider, you know, being there.
1: You know, I was, uh, I know a place is really close to your heart, I mean, I went to the environment, uh, you know, Few days ago to the Red Mile, and I know what the Red Mile meant to you. I mean, I remember you always talking about, you know, so fond of uh, of the Red Mile. I was there. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, I'll be honest. I, I, it was shocking to me to see it. I mean, what what beautiful job they did, and the place. I mean, it was early. It was around you know five thirty, six o'clock. I mean, you couldn't even move. I swear, I got. I mean, I never saw the place. So crowded. I mean, it just—I mean, was so much energy. I mean, well, actually, it was people waiting in line just mm-hmm. to, you know, take a seat in, in one of those machines. You know, I mean, it just—but was good. You know, and people are extremely friendly, and uh, and you you can feel that energy. You know, and I was well, for me. I'll be honest. I was I was I was really impressed. You know, and I was I told you know Frank Antonacci. I said, listen, I'll be honest. It was. Uh, you should be proud of what you guys accomplish
0: here. No, no doubt. I mean, you know, there's just a different feel when there's people at the races. There's that energy that um, that when it's it's you go to the track and there's just a couple hundred people there. It just isn't the same. Like you said, it's it's just a, a different feel when there's when there's people and and there's you know a crowd watching the races and they're all cheering for the horses and. Um, you know, in the end, I, I know it's a bottom line business, but it's just, uh, a, a more, you know, you go to the, p- it's tough to get someone hooked on race and going to a racetrack that's mostly empty. Right. You know? I mean, it, it, it'd be like if you went to a restaurant and, uh, you know, there was 20 tables and three of them were, f- you know, filled and everything else was, was, was open. Your immediate first thought is like, wow, well, this place must not be any good because no one's here and uh you know, right. that that's what racing is and and uh i I just and I don't want to you know rag on 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 Gulfstream but uh you know like we were there for some of the speed day on Saturday and I remember a couple years ago sitting at the table when you had uh you had a couple in and and I had a horse in uh uh that Victor Espinosa rode absolutely terrible Victor <laughs> but um uh you know the, it was it was still a big day and there was a lot of people and and it's like um you know and and right now it's it's just they can't fill the stake races because there's not enough horses but you know these these days are you know the it's just so much more exciting to go to the track and and have people there and you know with Saratoga and Del Mar coming up and Keeneland of course and uh you know Churchill does a lot of uh, promotions for the you know their night uh, their night uh, races and uh, you know it's it's not like it used to be but uh it, it is still nice to to go somewhere and and uh you know have a, have a crowd there
1: you you want to hear something from my mouth that probably you know was a big different than a few years ago but you should see the difference with churchill down now they they made it a huge turn They're very horseman friendly now and they are they have a different attitude i know i know it's a company I know it 's a public trading company. I know they have an agenda. I know their goal is to make as much money for the shareholder. I understand that we all do understand the same thing, but the problem is, is they are they are they are doing they are doing a phenomenal job and uh, they they know they know that the future is 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 and racing is going to be Churchill and kindland and you know, Ellis and Turfway and Kentucky Down, they know that for a fact. So it, it, it's it's a, it's a big difference, and I think I applaud them and doing they're doing a great job uh, saying that. You know, Keeneland, Keeneland, is, is a dream, I and mean, be being at Keeneland. I mean, if I have a way to stay in Keeneland year round, and uh, it, 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 it's is it's unbelievable. The people are extremely nice. And uh, they are they're very horseman orientated, and they go the extra step to just to help you.
0: Yeah, Keeneland is always a is always a good time, and you know the grounds are immaculately taken care of, and you know they sell a billion dollars worth of horses a year. And that helps, but uh, it's nice to be there. You know, it's, it's always a nice a nice meet to be there. Their sales are first class. The people are, are nice. That was <laughs> when I relocated, when I was working for Jerkins and, and uh, I got the opportunity to work for Mr. Ramsey, uh, Jason Bytes, you know, Jose Les agent and I uh, left and uh, we, we set up shop right there at, at Keeneland. And um, we, we were always kind of taken aback and he used to say to said, "How come everybody's so nice here? <laughs> it's, it's weird. Every everybody's nice. Like, what's the angle? You know, you come from New York, and not not New York. The race isn't necessarily, but you know, just New York, the place. And you know, everyone's right. got a little bit of an edge. And you get to Kentucky, and it's like, wow, everybody's really nice. They said hi to me. I'm thinking, what are you saying hi to me for? But uh, you know, once once you're settled in and you accept it, it it's it's really nice. I mean, uh, you know, and you, you get seasons there, and then it's hot in the summertime, and it's cold in the winter time, but." You know that's that's part of the deal, right?
1: I've been I've been here a year and, and a little over a year now.
0: I came here March of
1: 2000, uh, 2020, right when the pandemic started. And and I'm telling you, I mean, the winter didn't bother me at all. I mean, it was was maybe a, a handful of day that snow and didn't bother me at all. And uh, it was cold. Yeah, I was cold, but I don't think he was any colder than when I lived for 39 years in New York City and uh, and the five years, four or five years that I lived in Chicago. So, I mean, it was nothing that you say, oh, my God, you know, I, I can't handle this. And, 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 and the summers, I mean, the summers in South Florida or the summers in New York, summer in Chicago, I believe they're worse than the summit in Keeneland. I mean, Keeneland and
0: Lexington. Yeah. Have you been to Ellis Park yet?
1: <sighs> yes, I did. No, even if a, a good fan will help you.
0: Ellis Park might be the hottest place on earth. It, uh, it, it is. It's in that it little is. valley, <laughs> so it's just... Uh, I, you know what? I, I was in Kentucky for 10 years. I was second and third leading trainer at Keeneland a couple times. I, I was always uh, in the top 10 at Churchill. Do you know I never won a race at Ellis Park? You know
1: I I won a race
0: at Ellis over. Park
1: a year ago, and we 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 took the horse we took the horse back after after go to the test barn, and we gave me a bet. And I don't know. I made one phone call. I was a, you know it's a few minutes. The horse made like three rounds, and <laughs> I told the groom. I said, "Did you bait the horse?" I said, yeah, we already bait him. I think in three (laughs) turns, the horse was dry. I mean, it Uh, just was amazing.
0: No, Someone on social media was talking about Ellis Park the other day, and they were saying, well, you know, it doesn't look very fancy, and they should spruce it up and put, put, you know, like flowers and stuff. I was like, listen... If you wanted to put like vegetation in at Ellis Park, you you need to put like cactus or something that could survive. <laughs> Ellis Park, it's so hot. You're not worried about any of that. You just want to get your horses run and 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 get back into the air conditioning.
1: Yeah, well, but one thing about you know with the racing secretary Dan Bork, that what Norm is 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 is, is, is a wonderful a wonderful guy. I mean, really really nice nice guy. A great racing secretary and. Uh, he's uh he's doing a phenomenal job, and the other thing that Eli Spar has that he has a phenomenal racetrack to train on it and and they keep the ground spectacular i mean the turf course is very very good and uh and now with a new casino you know and I haven't been this year yet, but uh I heard that they're gonna finish uh, very soon they're going to put a new grandstand and and you know he's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, things are definitely on on the uprise. And you know you know Dan Bork is a great guy and he's a good racing secretary. And you know the one thing about him is he doesn't age. Like he literally looks the same. I have known him for 25 years. He doesn't, never age. He never ages a day. Yeah. Unlike the rest of us. Hey.
1: Yep, yep, you're right.
0: Speaking of age, what about uh what about your your old horse, Little Mike, the great Little Mike? Um uh, tell everybody kind of quickly just how how you got how you wound up with Little Mike. I mean, it's a great story.
1: Well, I mean, when I was in Chicago, uh, I was trying to build uh um an olive oil packaging company with Emilio from my friend from California has a, has a huge company in, in La Mirada, California. I moved to Chicago, the suburb of Chicago, and uh, I met uh, <coughs> through the, the olive oil industry. I met this gentleman called Pat Greco. And Pat Greco, you know, mm-hmm. a, very wealthy man, a very wealthy man who owns a, a food distribution company in, in, in Chicago. And he was in the horse business, you know. And he he was really trying to promote uh, the breeding industry in, in in Chicago. That actually he never took off. So he used to go to Hawthorne and Sportman Park and Arlington Park, and you know, claim these fillies for the running for sixteen, twenty thousand, the most, and, and and those three racetrack, and breed it to. Couple of, he used to have maybe, I think, two or three stallions. So, fast forward, one day he called me, I said, Carl, I want you to come to my farm. And uh, I went to his farm, He said, Listen, I have like 75 mares, plus 75 yearlings, 75 weanlings, and I had 75 babies on the belly of the mother. And I said, I want you to check the pedigrees. So he gave me all the pedigrees of these mares, and I never forget, I went to his man's office. He had a shredder machine, and I put all the 75 pedigrees. I said, Pat, get rid of these horses, because this is, I don't care how much money you have, this is going to be a disaster. So we start to get rid of the mares. He, he called the S. I said, Pat. Don't even go to call, call OBS, because by the time you send them to OBS, by, by the time you pay their entry fees, by the time you pay the commission, you're going to lose money. These horses are going to bring three, $400 the most. She so said, fine, try to find them good homes. So I, I spent weeks and weeks and weeks to give, um, give uh, some of these fillies and horses to good homes. And I was very pretty successful. I gave them, I hope, to the right people. Let's put it this way. So, maybe the long story short. I was with Tom Swaringen, uh you know, almost a trainer, and really with training and Alan To Park and Mike Rivers, and was like three horses left in the, in the farm. So what do I want to do with these horses? I want this, this mare that every time I used to jump in a golf co- in, a, in a golf cart, he she used to follow me. I don't know why. But I used to feed her. I used to give him carrots. So Tom said, listen, I'm taking this one, the chestnut filly, and my rib is taking this one. So, okay, I take the third one. So I pick up the phone, and I call my friend, rest in peace, Jimmy Coop. I said, Jimmy, I want to send you... Uh, a horse. I never told him I want to send him a mare because Jimmy used to hate blue mares. So finally the horse got to in Newcastle Farm and Cooper said, Carlo, you send me a mare. I don't want the mare in my farm. Get, real, get the mare on my farm. So I sent it to Eddie Coletti and Eddie Colletti didn't want a mare. Then I sent it to John Shaw and John Shaw kept the mare. Now, I bred it, oh, I ran into Dean Durenso. De they used to have a horse called Tiger Ridge. So I met uh, Dean Dorenzo, De I said, listen, I have this mare, and I want to breed. I said, listen, Carlo, I have Tiger Ridge. Just give me a couple dollars, breed it to Tiger Ridge. And they produce Rule neck. I think he made uh, $700,000 or $800,000. Uh the following year, I didn't breed the mare because uh, Rule Nick born in, in May, and uh, I gave him a year off. And one day I was I got lost in Ocala, and I asked somebody for direction, and the gentleman was Eddie Martin. And Eddie Martin showed me this horse uh, that I never saw, the most beautiful horse I ever saw in my life was uh, uh, Spanish Steps and he told me the whole story about Spanish Steps full brother and bridal song and race this and that and he was a stallion in Ocala and I gave him $500 and a bred Hey Jude to Spanish Steps and made the long story short that was little Mike
0: so so a, mare, I mean, a mare that was given to you, which is a giveaway mare that no one else wanted, and you bred to a stallion that you wound up paying $500 for his fee, and you turned him into a uh, Breeders', and, Breeders and Cup Chuck, turf winner.
1: She, she produced 11. She got 11 babies, every single one, every one of them. They all made 100000 and up. From 100000 little Scotty, to $3.6 three point six or point seven million dollars, Mike. Everyone uh, broke his maiden. Everybody won. So she's uh, very. You never know. You never know where the good horses are going to come. I mean, I mean, uh, some 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 people they think some they put too much effort, too much influence on this breeding and they tried trying to buy horses like the green monkey 16.2 million and never 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 want to race. and uh so you never know i mean i hope i hope we'll get two little mike one for you one for me
0: <laughs> yeah it is it is crazy if you think about it um it's it's just uh you know, people spend billions of dollars trying to win these kind of races. And, and, you know, you, we end up with this genetic, uh, you know, for whatever reason, she has the ability in her genes to pass on, you know, quality race horses. And, you know, you see some really well, great bread mares that were great race (laughs) horses, you know, they can't produce anything. You know,
1: I have to give a lot of credit to Paco Lopez, I'll be honest with you. I mean, uh, Paco, I mean, took a while for little Mike. Little Mike ran his first race at the Calder, and he got beat. And then we we give him some time off, and then I sent him to uh, I sent him to Mammoth Park, and I was, I mean, my trainer. Then he told me, Carlos, this is nothing but a twenty-five thousand dollar clamber. So Paco Lopez. He called me that night, I happened to be in mama Park the day he and he called me, I said, "Listen, do me a favor, don't listen to this just just run the mile on the turf, and this horse will never get beat. So uh, I told you know the, the trainer said, listen to me, I'm going to ride a major special on on the turf, going going a mile." He told me I was crazy. And then he went and uh he won. And uh no excuse yes no yeah, he won and, and this is this is this is the, the day before before the horse show was running Paco Lopez got into a fist fight with Joe Bravo mm-hmm. and they caught Paco Lopez tr- threw on the first punch. And the steward, they suspended Paco Lopez for 15 days. So we put Joe Bravo on the horse. He won a mile on the turf, and then he won nine, nine races in a row. And, I mean, of course, after he won with Joe Bravo, I couldn't take Joe Bravo the horse. So, actually, little Mike was Paco Lopez's horse.
0: That that's another part of the twist of the story that uh that everyone probably doesn't even realize. But I mean little Mike was a winner. I mean he ran thirty times. He had fourteen wins in two seconds. So right. if if he got uh, to the point in the race where he had a chance of winning, he did it. He he didn't uh he didn't hang very often. He he made it he made it happen.
1: You know, and, and the other part of the story is get a, get a little better, right? So we're going to uh, Joe Bravo win the Woodford Reserve, and uh, and and then we're supposed to go to the Arlington Million. So I got spinned by uh, the agent of Joe Bravo. He said, "No, Joe Bravo." doesn't want to doesn't want to go to Arlington Park. I don't think little Mike has finished a shot in Arlington Park with all the uh, with all the the European. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in 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 Saratoga. He rode a horse called Turbo Compressor for pleasure. Mm -hmm. So I said fine. So I never forget. I was with my real real good friend, Rest in Peace, Paul Pampa. So I was really really upset. And he told me, I said, listen, Carlo, I'm running a horse in, at, the, at the Arlington Park, and I think Dominguez is going to be there. So I called uh, Steve Russian. I said, I said uh, how you doing for the Arlington Million? Are you open? Yes, I'm open. You want to ride a uh, little mic? I said, I would love to ride a little mic. He won the Arlington Million wire to wire with Dominguez. And then was a big dilemma, running a mile on the on the Breeders Cup or running a mile and a half. And I told Dale, I said, Dale, listen to me, this horse a mile and a half, a mile and three quarters, two miles The longer you go I think the better it's gonna be. I said, Fine. So we'll put a mile and a half and he won the the British Cup uh, Turf Classic.
0: Yeah, that he did the uh, 2012 Classic at Santa Anita. Um, right. Beating, beating a pretty good a pretty good group of horses. Point of entry: St. Nicholas Abbey, Trailblazer. Um, you know, it was. I think
1: was between then between the entire field. Somebody told me, if you count all the Group One and Grade Ones races, between the combined was 28. Uh, just turbo, com- I mean, just uh, uh, some of the horses. And uh, Nicholas Abbey won like four or five, and oh, yeah. he Point was... Coinante won like three or four. Uh, so <clears throat> all together for the whole field, uh, there was I heard it was twenty eight. So it was, was pretty impressive, you know.
0: A Turbo compressor finished last, by the way.
1: Yeah, you know why? And Bravo rode him, and he took the lead. He figured he gonna kill me, but a little, Domingo was too was too sharp. He sat third the whole way. He hugged the rail, and then when I when I saw the fashion I said I said goodbye, you know. But by the time they turned for home, I mean he was so small, Ramon, you know. He just uh, he opened up, and he was at one point he was up by five, you know, the top of the lane. So it was
0: was pretty it
1: was pretty impressive. What's What's
0: a great day, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, Ramon was was one of the the best riders I've ever seen. Just at a positioning the horse and and uh, and getting the most out of them. He 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 was usually in the right position, and uh, you know he was it was unfortunate that he um, you know was injured and, and not able to continue his career. But uh, but he was uh, he was really something else when he was riding. He was he's, and, and he's one of the best guys you're ever going to meet. I mean, just one of the best people in racing. And
1: purely. you know. Tremendous rider and a wonderful human being. I'm talking about a class, class act, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's Ron's great. Uh, so little Mike is now. He he is at old friends, correct?
1: Yes, I mean I go and see him pretty often. Uh, you know, every you know maybe once a month I go there and he's with in a in a, in a huge party with Damon Dude, and he looks. He looks fantastic. I mean, he's just as happy as can be, and you know, he got a nice, nice belly. He's 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 just a happy horse.
0: Yeah, he's kind of a a once in a lifetime horse. That not only did you own a Breeders' Cup um, turf winner, but but you bred him as well. And that's uh, that's something that's probably not a lot you know a lot of people that have have uh, farms with hundreds of horses are trying to do and and um you know that that's uh you know that's a great accomplishment um
1: what about i wish i can i wish i can duplicate it yeah, <laughs> so i wish I people people to say oh Carlo, you you're the smartest guy i said, you better little mic." uh yes and um what do you want to do i said oh you know maybe you should get another little mic." i said where I can find one.
0: Yeah. You should tell you him you also pe- that easy. You also bred little Chuck. He didn't turn out to be <laughs> so <had> good. <laughs> <Chuck>. <laughs> the one you named after me. Unfortunately. Oh I could outrun him. The only hey, thing-
1: listen, the worst that I the worst that I did, the worst that I did, little PJ.
0: Oh my god, little PJ was the worst horse in America.
1: I mean, I never, I never, never forget the day that P.J. Combo called me and said, listen, Combo, you can't find any any worse horse like this to name my name. Poor little oh, P.J. God, I was,
0: Poor little P.J. was literally the slowest horse I've ever seen. Oh, my. And, and, and of course, you name him after the guy that's, you know, running the racetrack at the time.
1: But what, we're talking about talking about have fun, what about best day of my entire life was for
0: Umberto. Oh my god. When we went to Calder, you had a horse named Umberto. And Umberto was like, he was kind of an enigma because every once in a while he'd like make a move in a race and then just like it looked like he was going to run and then just flatten out. And and you put him in at Calder. Goldstream Park West. And it was opening day. I remember it was opening day. It was like a Wednesday, just a regular old day. And, um, uh, he put him on the turf <coughs> and the turf woke him up and, and he wound up winning. And, and, uh, our, our, our friend, you know, who, who is an assistant for, for you and me works for, uh, Ken Sweezy now Edison, who's famous in the racetrack, um, it was like he had won the Breeders' Cup Classic and the Kentucky Derby all rolled into one. I'd never seen a happier human being than Eddie was that day. He was running around <laughs> taunting everyone <laughs> at, <laughs> <laughs> at Calder. Uh, and, and I'll be honest, that was one of the biggest surprises that uh, Umberto ran... He, he, he ran 10 lengths better than he'd ever run before in his life.
1: Oh my God, that was so fun to see Eddie. Oh, Oh my god. It was, he was he was just he was running he was running faster than Don He was he,
0: he was so happy and of course there was about, you know, uh, 90 people there. But um I remember that night we went we had the the celebration dinner at uh, at the Old Frank and Dino's in Deerfield Beach. Right. Uh people people were acting like so you know did he win a big race no uh, umberto won <laughs> what <laughs> we never thought umberto would win <laughs> yeah that was that was you funny. know
1: i'm actually never won again
0: <laughs> yeah for umberto that was that was his, his one day in the sun uh but yeah because i remember you saying come on take a ride with me down down to Calder," and i didn't have anything going on i was like all right we're gonna go watch umberto I'm like oh, umberto uh, that's it's funny it's funny how the racetrack is you know sometimes out of the blue like something'll happen and you just never never saw it coming <laughs> Um speaking of of restaurants when uh when you think you you'll you'll be open a couple weeks now at your Frank and Dino's Lexington
1: Well we have a we had a couple of delays that uh, was unexpected. you know I, I I'll say probably the end of July the beginning of August and, uh, you know, we have some furniture coming from Italy and some light fixtures. And uh, there was delay in, uh, in, in the port of Naples. And uh, they're supposed to leave. Uh, they're supposed to get here the 25th or on the 29th of uh, June. And and actually, they just left like maybe a week ago. And then we have some... Again, some delays, some some furniture too that's coming from California, and I just heard actually maybe a couple hours ago that that finally they're finished and they're gonna ship it on Thursday from uh, from Southern California. So that probably gonna take like a week to ten days to get here to Lexington. So well, but I would imagine. Go ahead. We've been waiting for so long, you know. This place was supposed to be open probably a year ago. Yeah. My My goal was open for the 2020 uh, Keeneland sale. And probably going to be almost really close to a year. But it's not that we can do the pandemic, you know, hit us pretty hard. And in the sense, you know, I'm... I'm okay with, you know, just, uh, I mean, you can see people that coming out now, people probably, I would say maybe at least half of the country is vaccinated. So I think we want to be okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, you're probably the only restaurant in Kentucky that's the, that's delayed because of issues at the port of Naples, but, um, that's a good thing. Um, uh, where is, you're located downtown? Yeah,
1: just in the short and the mill right in the corner next to Dudley's and probably, you know, a block from uh, the Rob Arena. And uh, so the location is great. You know, we have, uh, yeah, like four or five of the major hotels, uh, the Hilton, the Hyatt, the Regency, and they're right basically across the street from us. And uh, we are like a block away from city center. And um, is Lexington? It became like a, a little, like a little mini New York. You know, you see a lot of action in this, you know, downtown Lexington, uh, especially when you see with the UK and all these different kind of uh, shows uh, that they, they take place at the rap arena. So a lot of people coming into into town now
0: Mm hmm yeah i know like you were having a lot of trouble last year because i mean like everyone else you had the pandemic and and uh i mean it just uh, was such an, an unknown if you think about a year ago today uh i mean there was just still so many things that we didn't know were were gonna happen or what you know we could do and uh you know it's just uh happy it's in the rearview mirror and I'm happy that you know, you're, you're 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 close to the finish line. I mean, at least you can see the end, uh, some light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, your menu is going to be similar to uh, the Boca restaurant.
1: Exactly the same menu, Chuck. I mean, we are not going to try to reinvent the wheel. The only the only thing we're going to do different is uh, uh, I I find out took me a little while to find out that uh, Saturday or Sunday brunch the huge here in Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, between Lexington, so. We are going to incorporate uh, a Saturday and Sunday brunch. And uh, and then the rest of the week is the same. Lunches and, and seven dinners, live music, and uh, exactly the same menu that we have in, in Boca.
0: Well, as someone who's had most of the items in menu, uh, uh, uh-oh, <laughs> that wasn't us. Uh, as someone who's had virtually every item on the menu in Boca, I can I can say that there's not a bad one, and that the people there are going to be amazed when they get uh, real authentic Italian food and um, it's top notch. And you never know. I mean, I might even be uh, you know coming up for the opening. I know there's been a, a swell of, of people wanting to me to bring my uh, my knife and fork awards up there and and uh, be there for opening day. But, you know, you never know. It might happen. You better come.
1: I mean, is my son Michael and my son Nick. I see them in social media. So make sure Chuck's come up.
0: <laughs> well, we're, we're going to see what we can do. I mean, uh, you know, you, you you use food. You put food out in front of me. I'm like, uh, you know, it's like a carrot. To the...
1: <sighs> yeah, and, and a couple of Titos and cranberry, oh, it's and a, then uh, I'm
0: banned from Titos <laughs> <teeters> and cranberry. <laughs> Oh man! Well, listen. It was good to have you on, and um, hopefully the restaurant can uh, can get going. I'm sure you're going to do great, and uh, the sale it'll be nuts. Um, but uh, you know, thank you for reminiscing about Little Mike and about his great story, and uh, really, hopefully, uh, you can win some races and and, and keep the kids. Uh, you know, keep them in line. Keep-
1: yeah, keep him. alive I know you got I
0: no think, shot with Mikey. I know Mikey's just going no, no, to do it. No, no.
1: Listen, they move out. Actually, they, they they move out partially. They're moving out tomorrow. Uh huh. Yeah, they got their own house in uh, across from UK, and uh, Mikey's the landlord now, and uh, <laughs> Nikki's a tenant. <laughs> and uh, he's uh, those will be interesting conversations
0: company. when when the rent comes due.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I said, I want no part. I had no part. I said, you know, you can send the give me an eviction notice and put him in this room. No, that, that they got a house across from UK, four bedroom and it's pretty smart. They're gonna they're gonna live in one of each room and they're gonna they're gonna rent the other two rooms and with that money they're paying the mortgage and they'll be they'll be sad, you know. I mean it's, it's always people in they got thirty-five thousand students, so it's always they can find two people they're looking for to to rent a room. So it's it's pretty smart. Yeah. Not only that, it's, it's like it's like not even a half a mile from 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 the restaurant, so they can basically take a bicycle or even walk to to Frank and Dina's.
0: Yeah, I'm not worried about those two. Those the the those guys are. You're 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 a pretty good sire. I tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had a good broodmare, though, too. So, <coughs>
1: yeah, that that thing that's better.
0: <laughs> well, listen again. Thanks for coming on, and um, make sure that uh, make sure to give me a heads up, and and I'll be up there for the opening, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk all about it. I'll, I'll give a I'll give a review from the that official, would be great a two time knife and Let's fork winning uh, review. All
1: right, Chuck. Thank you for having me, and uh, God bless.
0: All right, Carlo. Thank you for coming on. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. That's Carlo Vecareza. He's uh, training horses in his spare time, trying to open up a restaurant in Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, pretty soon, uh, it's it's, uh, great food. And uh, believe me, the people there are going to be... uh, they're going to be rolled over when they, they get real Italian food. Not that uh, Midwestern stuff, whatever the hell they think that ragu that they eat now. Um, I want to thank John Scheinman for coming on and, and telling us about his book, uh, Bell Harbor Blues. Um, we had a little bit of bad news that broke while we were taping the show. and uh, Legendary Harvey Pack has passed away at age 94. Um, if you grew up in the Uh, In the '80s or '90s, in New York, you uh, and you were following racing. Harvey Pack was—he was the uh, kind of the maitre D. He was the guy on uh, the replay show, and when this is, you know, where we had to watch, Uh, they had replay shows on every night, seven o'clock on Sports Channel, and uh, that was the Harvey Pack show, and uh, he introduced a lot of us to the game um he introduced a lot of us to some of the players in the game the andy Byers of the world and uh he was also uh worked for nbc sports on a lot of the early breeders cup telecasts harvey pack was was one of the 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 main hosts and um just a you know kind of a legendary a legendary guy and um a lot of people uh like i said like me we grew up uh Watching Harvey Pack. Harvey Pack was the voice of New York Racing. So, Mr. P, Mr. Pack, rest in peace. And appreciate everyone listening. And uh, we'll be back next week, uh, Mon- big Monday. And uh, next, uh, next week we'll have uh, a little bit of a Saratoga and Del Mar preview. All right. Peace. From BRL Equine, the people that bring you EPO Equine, Unlock, and Bleeder Shield, now comes Flexify HA, the most advanced scientifically-based joint supplement on the market. To find out more, contact me, Joseph Vellante, at 215-501-6880. To be the best, give them only the best. BRL Equine. This is the Going in
1: Circles Podcast, hosted by Horseman Chuck Simon. To become a sponsor, to suggest topics or for questions, email Going in Podcast at gmail.com and log on to our Facebook page, Going in Circles Podcast.
0: Pleasant Acre Farms, located just outside Ocala, Florida is a full-service commercial breeding operation that has one of the top stallion rosters in the Sunshine State. Standing 10 horses, including sons of top sires such as Curlin, Harlan's Holiday, Unbridled Song, Scat Daddy, Canthros, and Twirling Candy, you'll be sure to find a great match for your mare at Pleasant Acres. Owned and operated by consummate professionals, Joe and Helen Barbazon. they provide clients with world-class services in all facets of the thoroughbred industry. Their commitment to quality is what allows Pleasant Acre Farms to pursue their passion for breeding champions. Check out their website at Pleasant PleasantAcreStallions.com or call 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Farms. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. I wanted to let you know that we have a weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to for free the Going in Circles Digest it's uh, kind of a combination newsletter, stakes preview um, we have some uh, restaurant reviews on there, various topics but uh, we also have a couple um, pieces about various uh, industry topics or racing history, just last week we did a piece on the great Arazi and his spectacular move in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which, uh, unfortunately, was the, the pinnacle of his career. But um, it's a free subscription. Go to goingincirclesdigest.substack.com and check it out. All right, the Going in Circles Digest. Thanks for listening.